nieces and nephews, and welcome to Auntie JoJo's Library. My library is open to all listeners, but it was created for my wonderful nieces and nephews. This episode, I have a special guest in the library. Auntie Bree is joining us in the library for this episode. Hi! (laughs) This episode, I'm going to be reading The Steadfast Ten Soldier. Um, It is from the um, Treasury of Fairy Tales. So this is a fairy tale written by Hans Christian Andersen. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get started. There There were once 25 tin soldiers who were all brothers as they were cast from an old tin spoon. They all carried a gun in their left arm and looked straight forward. Their uniform was red and blue. The first, words which, the first words which they heard upon seeing the light of day, when the lid was taken off the box in which they were packed, were, Ten soldiers! These words were uttered by a little boy who had received them as a birthday present, and he clapped his hands for joy. He then put them in rank and file on the table. One soldier looked exactly like the other, only one who had been cast last of all when there was not enough ten was not like his brothers, for he had only one leg. Nevertheless, he stood just as firmly on one leg as the others did on two, and he was the one who became remarkable. On the table on which they were placed were many other toys, but what caught the eye of most of all was a pretty little castle of cardboard. Through its small windows, one could look into the rooms. Before the castle stood little trees surrounded, surrounding a clear lake, which was formed by a small looking glass. Swans made of wax were swimming on it and were reflected by it. All this was very pretty, but the prettiest of all was a little lady who stood in the open door of the castle. She was cut out of paper, but she had a frock of the whitest white and a piece of narrow blue ribbon was fixed on her shoulders like a shawl on it was fixed with glitter tinsel in the color rose as large as her whole face the little lady stretched out both arms for she was a dancer and as she had lifted one leg up so that the tin soldier could not see it he thought she had only one leg like himself that is a wife for me he thought But she is very grand. She lives in a castle, while I have only a box, which I share with 24. That is not a place for her, but I must make her acquaintance. And then he laid himself at a full length behind a snuff box, which was on the table. From his place, he could see the little well-dressed lady who continued to stand on one leg without losing her balance. At night, the ten soldiers were put back in their box, and the people of the house went to bed. Now the toys began to play to pay visits to make war and to go to balls the tin soldier rattled in their box the tin soldiers rattled in their box for they wished to take part in the games but they could not raise the lid the nutcracker made somersaults the slate pencil enjoyed itself on the slate they made so much noise that the canary woke up and began to talk and that in verse. The tin soldier and the tiny dancer were the only ones who remained in their places. She was standing on a tiptoe with her arms stretched out. He stood firmly on his one leg, never taking his eyes away from her for a moment. 
When the clock struck, struck twelve, suddenly the lid of the snuff box was flung open. There was no snuff in it, but a small black jack in the box who had performed his trick. Tin soldier, said Jack. Don't covet things that don't belong to you. The tin soldier pretended not to hear anything. All right, wait till tomorrow, said the jack. When the morning had come and the children were up, the tin soldier was placed on the windowsill. All at once, whether through drought or through jack, the window flew open and the soldier fell headlong down into the street from the third story. There was, that was a terrible fall. His one leg high up in the air, he stood on his helmet while his face entered into the ground between the paving stones. The servant and the little boy came at once down to look at him, but although they were so close to him that they almost stepped on him, they could not find him. If the tin soldier had cried, Here I am, they would have surely have found him, but he did not consider it to properly cry out loud, because he was in uniform. Now it began to rain, first very little, but soon so much more, till it became a heavy shower. When the rain had ceased, two boys passed by the soldier. Look, there is a tin soldier, said one of them. Let's make a boat for him. Then they made a boat out of a piece of newspaper, put the tin soldier in it, and let him float down the gutter. Both ran by the side and clapped their hands for pleasure. Heaven preserve, heaven preserve us. There were large waves in the gutter and a strong current too, for the rain had been pouring down. The paper boat was rocking up and down. Sometimes it turned around so quickly that the tin soldier trembled, but he remained firm. He did not move a muscle, um, because he didn't have muscles, obviously, and looked straight forward, holding the gun in his arm. Suddenly the boat was driven under a large bridge, which was over the gutter, and there it became as dark as the tin soldier's box. Where am I going? he thought. That is the fault of the black jack, black in the jack, black jack in the box i wish the little lady were here with me in the boat then i should not mind how dark it was then came a big water rat which lived under the bridge have you a passport asked the rat give it up at once guys why would a why does a rat care if a tin soldier has a passport and how do you get a passport in the so, story. <laughs> why is that the point that you are on when the entire story is not realistic? Like, what made you call out that point? The entire story. Toys don't talk. The A rat asked a tin soldier if he had a passport. But, like, what kind of gutter are you in that you need a passport? One where, you, where you're transferring countries. <laughs> okay, back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> but the tin soldier was silent and held his gun tighter than before the boat was rushing forward the rat followed and he was crying out stop him stop him he had paid no toll and has not shown a passport okay well he didn't pay the toll because he wasn't asked the current became stronger and stronger. The tin soldier could already see the light of day where the bridge ended, but he also heard a roaring noise, strong enough to be strong enough to frighten the brave man. Just think, the gutter ran there where the bridge ended into a canal. That was for him as dangerous as it could be. It felt like crossing a waterfall. He was already so close to it that stopping was impossible. The boat drifted on. The poor tin soldier held himself as stiff as he could. Nobody could say of him that he had blinked an eye. 
The boat rapidly whirled around three or four times and was filled with water to the very brim. He must sink down. The tin soldier stood up to his neck in water. Deeper and deeper he sank in the boat. More and more the paper became wet and limp. Then the water cl was close over his head. He thought of, a, of the sweet little dancer, which he should never see again, and it sounded like she was saying into his ear, Farewell, soldier, true and brave. Nothing now thy life can save. The, then the paper boat fell to pieces, and the tin soldier, sinking into the water, was swallowed up by a large fish. It was indeed very dark inside the fish, much darker than under the bridge over the gutter, and in addition, it was awfully narrow, but the tin soldier remained firmed and laid down in full length, holding his gun tightly in his arm. The fish was swimming about and made the most extraordinary movements. At last, it became quiet. It seemed as if the flashing of lightning passing through. The broad daylight appeared, and the voice said, "'Hello, there's a tin soldier!' The fish had been caught and taken to market. There it had been sold and brought to the kitchen where the cook was just cutting it open. With two fingers, she took the tin soldier around the waist, carried him into the room to show everybody, the wonderful man who had been traveling about the fish's stomach. But the tin soldier was not proud. They put him on the table, and there, what strange things occurred in this world. He was in the same place where he had been before. He saw the same children, and the same toys were on the table. There, were also, there was also the pretty castle with the dear sweet dancer. She stood still on one leg and held the other high up in the air. She, too, was steadfast. The tin soldier was very much touched, but he nearly shed, but he nearly shed tin tears. But that was not becoming for a soldier. She looked at, he looked at her, but he said nothing. Suddenly, one of the little boys took up the tin soldier and threw him into the stove without giving any reason for the strange conduct. Surely it was again the fault of the jack-in-the-box. The tin soldier stood there in the strong light and felt an unbearable heat, but whether the heat was caused by the real fire or by love, he did not know. Um, clearly it's from the fire because he's in the stove, but I guess love can be burning and passionate. Um, okay. His colors had vanished, but nobody could say if that happened during his journey or if his heart grief was caused was the cause of it he looked at the little lady and she looked at him and he felt that he was melting but still stood upright with his gun in his arm all at once a door flew, flew open the wind seized the dancer she flew into the stove with the tin soldier where she was burnt and gone in a moment the tin soldier melted down into a lump, and when the servant cleared out the cinders on the next morning, she found it in the shape of a little tin heart. Of the little dancer, only the tinsel rose was left, which had become black as coal. Thank you all so much for joining me in my library for the reading of that story. When I originally picked it out, I thought it was going to be more like Toy Story, but it gradually became a very sad, tragic story, so... Uh, sorry, but I appreciate you all listening. I'm really glad Auntie Bree could join us in the library and get ready for a story that she is going to read. Um, so that's on an episode coming up. And as always, if you have story suggestions, you can email me at auntiejojoslibrary at gmail.com. 
or if you love me enough to have my phone number and talk to me daily, you can send me a text with your story request. As always, I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.